Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. The Saints lose the Baltimore Ravens and drop to 4-7, and seven, while the Pelicans look to win tonight and improve to 8-5 and five on their young season. Hi again, everybody. Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from the Smoothie King Center, where those Pelicans do go after the Sacramento Kings later on tonight. I'm Sean Kelly. Tough news on this Tuesday morning, obviously, about the football game last night, 34-27. As you know, was the final score. The Saints now find themselves, as I mentioned, at 4-7, and seven, but still at the top of the NFC South Division, albeit in a tie with the Atlanta Falcons, who currently hold the tiebreak between the two teams. They still will play one more time, but it's three straight losses for the first time at home in over a decade, and uh, a slide continues against the AFC North. Last night's ball game was probably in hand early second half when uh, Baltimore grabbed momentum and uh, shut out the Saints in the third, ten to nothing, scoring points on a pick six and uh, holding the Saints to just 21 yards total offense in the third quarter. We're going to bring in John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com, and he will help us understand a little bit more about the game last night. We'll get his thoughts on what happened to the Saints in their loss on Monday Night Football. And then we'll take you inside the Saints locker room from last night's game and visit with a couple of the players uh, and, hear to, and hear what they had to say following the, uh, the loss to the Ravens. On the basketball side, Daniel Salerson and Jim Eichenhofer are at the Smoothie King Center this morning. They've covered a Pelican shoot-around, and we'll not only recap the road trip, probably talk about the Eric Gordon injury a little bit, but preview tonight's game against the Sacramento Kings, the second meeting already this season between the Pelicans and the Kings. So we've got a lot on our plate today. Of course, we'd rather be talking about a Saints win, but as it is, we will talk about the Saints' loss to the Ravens, and we'll look forward to... Hopefully a good showing tonight for the Pelicans at home before they hit the road again just after the Thanksgiving holiday. Stay with us. John DeShazer jumps in with us and talks Saints-Ravens in just a moment. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, November 25th at 7 p.m. when the Sacramento Kings come to town. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30. 
with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, Pelican's dance team members, and a whole bunch more. Tickets start as low as $13. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I hate spinach. No one leaves the table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Time for John DeShazer from NewOrleansaints.com to jump in on the program with us here this Tuesday. Saints lose last night, as we mentioned, 34-27. to And, J.D., um, this was not certainly – you know what? Let me, let me back up and say this. I didn't think it would be easy by any means, even at home, to take care of the Baltimore Ravens. But yet, there were moments where you thought, hey, they're going to get this thing right tonight. Well, they started as if they were going to take care of it uh, fairly fairly easy, actually. I mean, the Saints moved the ball well on the first drive now, ended up turning it over on downs because they can't punch it in. But the way they moved the football, you figured they weren't going to have a lot of difficulty doing it. And they didn't have a lot of difficulty moving the ball for most of the night. But, you know, there came a critical time in the third quarter where they couldn't move it. They only, only gained 21 yards in the third quarter. And as much as anything, couldn't get off the field defensively. I mean, you know, they're still having problems defensively on third down. And, you know, you keep hearing Coach Payton talk about situational football, and you see teams converting third and eights and third and nines and third and tens. And that that's no way to be successful defensively. Baltimore converts nine of 13 on third down. That's the second straight week somebody's gone nine for 13 on third down. It's hard to win a football game that way when a team is staying on the field and your defense is always on the field and they can't get off the field, aren't really creating turnovers, and can't get off the field. I remember at halftime saying, I think I tweeted this out as a matter of fact, I said, big plays on both sides, that's the headline so far. That continued for one team, not so much for the other in the second half. But it seemed like the big plays for Baltimore all were via the run and Mr. Uh, Justin Fawcett. Yeah, Saints didn't do a good job, and, and it's one of those things. I mean, you know, you, you of course you want to credit the other uh, guys. I mean, they're pros too. But, I mean, when you know what's coming, and, and the Saints obviously knew what was coming with Baltimore in that zone run game where they stretch you out, stretch you as wide as they can and look for lanes. And, and Fawcett, you know, a very patient runner and had a really great night against the Saints. But he was able to hit some cutback lanes. And, and, you know, when you look at situations like that, Generally, what that points to is someone didn't maintain his gap integrity. Somebody didn't, you know, maintain his fit the way he was supposed to. And defensively, I think Curtis Lofton said it best. He said, look, you know, it's a cohesive, it's a cohesive thing. You have 11 guys out there. One or two guys cannot do their job, and it can make the whole unit look pretty bad. And you had some instances where guys didn't do their job because they had a, actually a lot of decent stops against Forsett where they stopped him for a two-yard game or, or maybe a one-yard loss. But he popped some big ones, and it really ended up costing the Saints. 182 yards for him, a couple of touchdowns, averaging over eight yards a carry. Offensively, the Saints get 27 points, although when you listen to Drew Brees um, and you start to think about the game a little bit deeper, it uh, probably should have been more. Well, it should have been more, but, you know, now let's say, you know, the last touchdown might have been more of a cosmetic one than anything. It was scored with about 40 seconds left. But, you know, the Saints rolled up a lot of yards in that first half, had 355 yards in the first half. 
leaving the initial touchdown on the field or field goal or whatever the point would have been, that didn't help any. And then, you know, Drew Brees ends up throwing an interception that gets returned for a touchdown. That certainly didn't help any. So that's a lot of points. That's 14 points, maybe 10 points that the Saints, you know, either give or don't get. And so that turns out to be big in a game like this against a team like Baltimore that's not giving you a lot of opportunities to execute, not giving you a lot of chances to get in the end zone, especially in the third quarter when Baltimore kind of took control. All right. After the game, you sat and listened to Coach Payton. You did the same with Drew Brees. You also visited the locker room. And I know we haven't been out of the game too long here as we visit, but take the temperature of this team a little bit for me. Where are they now at four and seven? Are they removed from the Kenny Vaccaro comments of a week ago? Are they removed even further still from what Sean Payton had to say after the close loss to the 49ers at the start of this losing streak? Where do you see it? Well, it's tough to tell. I mean, I think they're getting angrier as the losses mount, obviously but they don't seem as frustrated as last week. Now, last week against Cincinnati was a 27-10 loss, and that was one where, for the most part, you didn't feel like the Saints were really into that game at all from the beginning. This one, a little bit more juice was going, so they don't seem as as much downcast. And I guess you really can't afford to be because, you know, even at 4-7, and seven, as hard as it is to believe to say this, the Saints are right in the thick of it in the mm-hmm. NFC South. If they can just win a game, and Drew Brees kept stressing that, all we need to do is win a game, all we need to do is win a game. If they can just win a game, not only will they feel good about themselves, but who knows, they might create some separation for themselves in the division. So it didn't seem to be a particularly frustrated locker room from the guys I spoke to. However, I will say this now, a guy like Curtis Lofton was, you could almost see the steam coming off him because, you know, to, to, Allow a team to go nine for thirteen, you know, converting on third downs, and to give up four hundred yards—that's not what a guy like he, him is all about. So he didn't care about all that other stuff. He was pretty, pretty upset. But Vaccaro kind of was a little bit more measured this time. wasn't nearly as vocal as he was the week before. Coach Payton didn't seem like he was, you know, seething. Drew Brees is the eternal optimist, so you know Drew isn't gonna really take anything to task. I mean, he's gonna tell you, you know, some basics, but he didn't gonna really be out outright and you know outraged by it or anything like that. So. You know, gauging the temperature from these guys, I, I think it's it's almost a situation where it's you know who you don't you don't have time to be mad because they got to make such a quick turn going to Pittsburgh, and this is being Thanksgiving week, got a short week, and you got to travel. Yep, no doubt about that. The short week does play into this in a lot of ways. Let me ask you one more question. You may not have the answer here so quickly after the game, but I'm going to ask you anyway. How much did the injuries, the key injuries to Saints personnel, affect this game? And what I mean by that is their absence coupled with a few guys being thrown into the fire for the first time. Well, you have to assume that, you know, if you keep having these, you know, injuries and you're trying to plug in guys who haven't played a whole lot, you know, a guy like Pierre Warren at safety, uh, it's going to hurt some because there's just a lack of familiarity. So I don't know if Pierre Warren was one of the guys who busted some assignments, but I do know this. You know, he had a touchdown-saving tackle on, on the first run of the game from Forsett, and he also forced and recovered a fumble on the goal line. So, you know, from that standpoint, he looked pretty good. But, you know, who knows what happened in the base defense, whether he overran a gap from time to time, and those were some of the cutback lanes that a guy like Forsett was hitting. So if you continue to lose guys, attrition is going to play a big part, you know, the Saints got some big plays offensively, but, you know, you still see where you can miss a Brandon Cooks. Joe Morgan stepped in for a couple of plays 
only got the two touches, a 67-yard run, a 62-yard reception, and you felt like he was heading for a big game, and he never did get any more touches outside of those two touches, whereas a Brandon Cooks is probably going to end up with maybe eight catches or so because they had found ways to just really look for him and concentrate on him. So, you know, you're going to have some losses, and it's going to pile up for you, and you're going to feel it on the field. It's just whether or not you can mitigate it, and the Saints just didn't do enough to mitigate it tonight. I had last count 10 different guys catch a ball from Drew Brees tonight. Uh, you mentioned the numbers for Joe Morgan, Kenny Stills, and, and uh, Jimmy Graham get the uh, largest amount of targets and receptions as a result. We'll see how that carries into the game at Pittsburgh next week. Uh, we should note that probably at the moment the only uh, injury news of significance or with passing along is Broderick Bunkley did leave the game with a leg injury, was unable to return. Obviously that could all change in the coming days. The schedule real quick, J.D., because I know you, you talked about it being a short week. What do we know at this point? Well, we know um, Tuesday's going to be Players Day off, a regular Tuesday, and then they're going to get back to work on Wednesday, but it's going to be a short work week. They're only going to have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to pretty much put in some work. And how much work can you do because you played a Monday night game? You want to dial back and try to make it as, as, you know, take some of the physicality out of it for those guys to kind of get them off their feet, let them rebound because they've got to travel on Saturday, go play Pittsburgh. It's a whole lot different than playing a home game. Traveling, going on the road, you have to condense the schedule, and it's a short week. So it's going to be a difficult turn, but we've seen the Saints make a difficult turn before. They played a Thursday night game in Carolina after playing a Sunday night game against uh, Green Bay at home and dominated both those opponents. So they hope to have that kind of turnaround as they go to Pittsburgh. John, thanks. We'll see you on the radio tonight. Pelicans and Kings at the Smoothie King Center. Yeah, going to get down and see a little AD, and uh, hopefully he can, you know, maybe he won't give me 43 like he gave you in Utah, <laughs> but I'll take a good 42. I'm, I'll take 42. All right, fair enough. 7 o'clock tonight we'll be on the radio and hopefully enjoying that basketball game. As a matter of fact, Daniel Salerson and Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com still to come. They're going to talk about shoot-around this morning at the Smoothie King Center and give us a few notes regarding the ball game tonight against the Kings. Up next, though, we'll hear from Saints players and coach following last night's win, or excuse me, last night's loss to the Baltimore Ravens. Back in a moment. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. All right, still to come, of course, is a preview of the Pelicans and the Kings later on tonight here at the Smoothie King Center. Let's go inside the Saints locker room last night at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome following the loss to the Baltimore Ravens. And we'll start on the defensive side of the football and Kenny Vaccaro. Kenny had many things to say after the Bengals lost. Last night still maybe at a loss for words with regard to what's going on with the 4-7 and seven black and gold. Here's Vaccaro 
uh, with the media last night. I mean, I got to give credit to Baltimore. Um, he played well. Uh, looking forward to watching the tape, seeing what I can correct as a player, and uh, just moving on to Pittsburgh. Why so hard to stop their run? What makes it so difficult? I mean, I don't know. Right now, I haven't watched the tape. Um, we got to get it fixed, though. I mean, that's it. You take us through the play with Steve Smith. Obviously, it, it certainly <laughs> didn't appear to be any type of penalty on you. No, I mean, he's just a competitive player. Um, I made a tackle. He uh, stiffed arm my helmet off. That was it. I mean, I'm just not going to, I mean, I didn't know. I'm not going to back down, but at the same time, uh, I can't get stupid penalties. Were you surprised you got the flag on you on that one? I didn't care at that point, really. I just was trying to get out of it. I mean, I mean, it was a thing where I'm not going to back down. I mean, it's just the way it is. So, I mean, he's a grown man. I'm a grown man. Can you do feel like this team is its own worst enemy sometimes as far as not, not seizing opportunities, momentum, things like that? Honestly, I mean, like I said, I got to see the tape, see exactly what happened. But um, I don't know. We got to keep progressing. We just need to get a win. Honestly, that's, that's our biggest goal. Drew said it best. Uh, just need one win. Is the silver lining still the fact that even at four and seven, you're still very much in the playoff race? Absolutely not paying attention to any divisional stuff. Um, just worried about the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Kenny, what you had mentioned last week that it's so frustrating to come back to work and say you put in all that work and then mm -hmm. get the results. I mean, does, does this does this threaten to? I mean, you just got got to do the same thing. Got to uh, evaluate the process, make sure you're doing everything right. Um, I think we're doing that. Uh, each player's got to look, look in the mirror, do your job. I mean, we'll see on tape. I haven't seen the tape, but uh, looking forward to Pittsburgh. You don't have the exact same struggles on third down, 9 of 13 again uh, for, for the Ravens. I mean, why, why is it so difficult on third down? Like I said, I got to watch the tape. I don't know. I don't know exactly what happened. Um, I got to be better. Um, After we checked in with Kenny Vaccaro, we stayed on the defensive side of the football and talked to David Hawthorne. Hawthorne almost had a pick six himself last night. Uh, and in one sequence where the Saints uh, got a three and out for the Ravens offense, uh, good pressure up front, forced Flacco to throw, I guess, when he didn't want to, uh, and an interception went right through the hands there of Hawthorne that uh, it still was the three and out, but could have been a big turnover in the ball game. Nonetheless, and I'm not picking on Hawthorne about that, it's, he was in the right place, right time. We did want to talk to him, however, about the inability to stop the Ravens' run and the inability for the Saints defense to get off the field on third down here again this week. You talk about the third quarter and how that started to play out with the way the momentum seemed to shift from prior to the half. Um, I mean, we came out and, and uh, um, we made some adjustments, and I felt like uh, the adjustments that we made were working for us. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's a game of, of adjustments. They came out and they gave us some of the stuff that we predicted, and then they threw in a couple of wrinkles, and it's just our job to, uh, to adapt to that. The physicality, it seemed like, up front tonight. Can you talk a little bit about, I guess, how stacked it was in the box? Um, it was one of those games where you, you, you had to get off a block and, and make a play. And uh, we didn't do that at a high enough level today in order to succeed, and we didn't succeed. Coach talked about when they have success in the run game like that did, it starts to change almost everything that you're able to do defensively. Would you expand on that? Um, I mean, when you can't, like the, the number one thing every week is to stop the run as a defense. Once you once you come out and let them open that can of worms, it's just one of those deals where like everything's accessible to them. And you know, and they kind of did that. They they had us on our heels a little bit uh, with the run pass option. Does it be, you know, it's it's one it's one thing to turn the page after a loss, and then it gets harder with two. Does it does it snowball a little bit into a short week? 
No, I mean, we're in a race to, to get better as a team, you know, and see how fast we can come together and, and turn this thing around. And I think that's our focus going into the week. Finally, on the offensive side of the football, Zach Streif shared some thoughts, not only about the offense, but the team in general and where things stand here as we get set to have just one more game in the month of November. Three games at home. When you kind of look back over the three weeks, I mean, what do you, what do you see? Well, look, I think you look at two of these games, uh, I think guys played hard. I don't think the team necessarily played poorly, and we're just not finding ways to win. We're finding ways to lose. Um, you know, uh, and that's on us. I mean, there's no excuses. There's no, it's extremely disappointing. You're right. You come off that Carolina game. We had two good games there where, where you can use some momentum and get rolling. And, and we have done the exact opposite to lose three at home is disappointing. And, and uh, we got to keep working. Got to keep working. There's still stuff in front of us. Yeah. Are you searching for, for answers? I mean, how many times the reality is the answers are are simple because there's no there's no magic answer to what is happening we have to get this team in a position where we believe in ourselves enough at the end of games to make plays so we can come out on top and and we're not there and the only way to do it is to work hard to get in the situation and to do it and to believe and to trust in each other and, and, and that's not, there's no magic way to do it. You come to work, you work your butt off, you try to be as prepared as you can so that when you're in that situation, in that scenario, you can you make plays to win, and we have not done that. Four sacks and threes, and he was pressured on interception. How Yeah, I mean, it, look, he was under pressure too much, you know. Um, that's a good front, and that's not an excuse, but credit to them. Um, they've got some good pass rushers over there. Uh, and really, look, we, we got to put ourselves in a situation where we're playing with a lead or playing in a different situation than we are. Um, you know, to, to, to make plays, you know, at the end, it, look, when, when, when you got to throw the ball to come back, you're going to give up some pressures, especially against a talented front. And that's on us for, you know, coming away with three points and two drives inside the five in the red zone. You know, you have an opportunity there to change the, the, the way that that game is played at the end. Um, and, and that's all on us. You know what I mean? It's on us as an offense, it's on us as a line, um, but it's disappointing. All right, those are the thoughts of three different Saints last night. Drew Brees also spoke, so did head coach Sean Payton. You can find those pressers on NewOrleansaints.com. We're going to turn our attention to basketball. When we come back, we'll preview Pelicans and Kings here tonight at the Smoothie King Center. In New Orleans, food is more than a passion, it's a tradition. And Zatarans has been part of that tradition for 125 years. From jambalaya and dirty rice to crab boil and more, Zatarans has been jazzing up dinner since before there was jazz. And we're excited about what next season might bring. Jazz it up tonight with Zatarans, proud sponsor of the New Orleans Pelicans. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion. 
because we know we can save you some money. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the show. It is a Pelicans game day. The Pelicans take on the Sacramento Kings tonight, 7 p.m. at the Smoothie King Center. And here to preview tonight's game and talk about the road trip is the one, the only, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, welcome back. Thanks for having me. It's always uh, good to stop by your studio. Is it? Are you really glad to be um, back in I, my studio? I guess I kind of have to say that. But okay. no, no, I, it's always a, always a pleasure. Good to be here. All right, so the Pelicans go 2-2 two and two on the road trip. What's funny about what the 2-2 two and two road trip entailed is they lost the first game of the back-to-backs and won the second games of the back-to-back. What what were what did you notice from the road trip, Jim? I think Monty actually mentioned this a couple times, that he was happy with the way that the team responded after two um, disappointing losses in really two completely different ways. The Portland game was really frustrating because I think it was a chance for the Pelicans to have kind of a statement victory against a really good team that's off to a great start. The Denver game, they just played poorly the whole night. Um, so I think just overall, the the team was somewhat happy with going 2-2, two and two, but um, disappointed that knowing that they could have easily been 3-1 and one because that Portland game was right there for the taking, And but they just had a terrible fourth quarter, and that ended up being uh, really the toughest night of that road trip. Were there any positives? I mean, obviously there was positives. You can tell Anthony Davis's play, but was there certain things on the trip that you noticed that maybe you didn't before about how this team's played? Sure. I think one of the things I noticed, especially in the the last game against Utah, but it's kind of been evident throughout the first early part of the season, is just I feel like they're starting to gain a lot of chemistry that they tried to get last year but couldn't because guys were injured all the time. Um, it seems like Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis are really – playing well off of each other just the fact that they're starting to get more um, more just on court time I know last year Drew only played I think it was 34 games but for a big chunk of that Anthony was out so and also Tyreek and AD just continue to have uh, good chemistry together on the court um, I just feel like the main the top six guys are really starting to to make strides because they're actually game in and game out they've they've been on the court together and they're starting to get a lot better feel for each other unfortunately Omer missed the the whole road trip with his back injury but um hopefully he won't be out for too much longer we'll get to that in a little bit but uh, I also got to talk you can't go on talking about the Pelicans about Anthony Davis I mean, he averages about 30 points 10 rebounds three blocks on in the four game road trip just talk about how I mean his impact on the team is is unbelievable but that that last game in Utah four three points and 14 rebounds someone hasn't put up those numbers in utah in almost 30 years so i mean Mm. just ad's play was phenomenal in the road trip yeah i mean he's getting to the point where you're really surprised if he has a game where he doesn't make a a monstrous impact and um i was joking with a couple people uh after that utah game that i'm not sure how how much people are familiar with this but utah fans seem to be kind of notorious in how uh, brutal they are on the referees and of course the visiting team but I thought there were a couple times during that game where even the Utah fans wanted to kind of give him a standing ovation because some of the plays that he made especially the uh, one-handed alley-oop dunk that he had with uh, Drew Holiday where he kind of spun baseline and and uh, threw it down over somebody um, it was just just amazing like I know we saw a lot of this at the end of last season but he's taken it to a, an even higher level so far 
and the numbers that he's putting up are incredible. And the fact that he's right there as right there with uh, Kobe Bryant as the leading scorer in the league is pretty amazing to think about. If you look, think back to where he was a couple of years ago when he came into the NBA. So it's, it's just been a lot of fun to watch. I know he doesn't really care about this, but I seem to care about it. Will he ever get a player of the week award? It just seems like every time he has a good week, someone else has a better week. DeMarcus Cousins won it. Who was deserving this week? But I think uh, AD's numbers were pretty close to that. Um, is he ever going to get one of these things? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, the only insight I can provide a little bit to the player of the week award is I've heard people, a lot of people say over the last few years, so I would think it's true, that they they factor in a ton obviously team record and I think realistically your team has to lose either one game or go undefeated to really give yourself a good chance you you would think that with there's a certain level uh, that an individual could play at that you'd get the player of the week no matter how your team fared Mm -hmm. but I feel like that was that's been the reason a couple times where he maybe hasn't won it is that the Pelicans went you know say two and two like they did last week or or you know three and two or whatever the case was so I think as soon as the Pelicans have an undefeated week or a week where they go three and one or four and one, you'll you'll see him getting that award. I'd be shocked if he doesn't get it sometime soon. Demarcus Cousins, when he won it, Kings went two and one, so point well taken there, Jim. Um, Jim, Eric Gordon out for a little bit with a torn labrum in his shoulder. Don't have a timetable, but of course he's not going to play tonight. So how does the lineup change as far as does someone move over to the two? How does Tyreek get affected by this? Uh, what should we know about? the loss of Eric Gordon and how it affects this lineup? Well, we just found out a little while ago that uh, Darius Miller is expected to start tonight at small forward, which is going to slide Tyreek Evans over to the two. Um, pretty surprising because Darius hasn't been playing that much lately. But um, it's it's an interesting change because I think, I guess one of the things I'm curious to see is that Darius is a is a very low usage guy on offense. He doesn't really need the ball that much. He doesn't dominate the ball, but he's been a good spot up shooter. And I think with him playing with the starters, playing with guys that command a lot of attention, he should get a lot of open looks. So I think that's going to be one of the main things I watch is just how he does with the opportunities he gets. I think he'll he'll have a lot better chance to succeed playing with those guys than he would probably with the with some of the backups where you have fewer guys that you know draw defensive attention Darius isn't really a guy that creates off the dribble or really creates his own shot but um I think in the situation he's in he's he he definitely will have a chance to to contribute and and hopefully make some big shots for Pelicans we couldn't get Darius uh after shoot around but we did track down Tyreek Evans and after shoot around he spoke to Jim Eikenhoff and the rest of the media about uh, the lineup changes. Well, what was you anything about you shifting more to shooting guard or when you started shooting guard? Uh, yeah, I'll be at the two. Um, uh, but cross matchup, you know, I might be on route of gate sometimes. Uh, you know, that's how we, we, we run our sets and you know, can't get over there. So I definitely might be, you know, smashed up with him sometimes, but I'll be starting at two tonight. Do, do you uh, find it odd that Anthony Davis has never won Player of the Week or Player of the Month? Uh, not really. I don't pay no attention to that. I mean, uh, just trying to focus on the next game and he wins, but he's definitely playing great basketball right now and see why he should have won. You've won that award before. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know it's kind of meaningless, but nonetheless, <laughs> it's you know, nice to be noticed. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people need to be noticing, you know, enough. But, I mean, um, he didn't get it, you know, um, you know, 
Yeah. Too bad, but we just worrying about us getting wins right now, and that's the most important thing. Do you think, do you think that uh, when you get more time and shooting guard, is gonna, it's gonna change, how is that going to change like your defensive matchups and some, some of the stuff that you have to contend with? Uh, just one, going against guards my size. Um, uh, just um, pretty much the same position to me. I mean, just different different matchups. I mean, taller defenders at small forward, but the guards kind of my size, so uh be a little interesting to see how that go. Do you think it gives you more opportunity to attack more when you play at the shooting guard as opposed to the three? Uh, I think so a little bit. I mean, I'm attack regardless, but I mean, uh, once I'm at the two, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be me attacking more aggressive, you know, just getting the paint. You know, if I ain't got enough to look for Ryan, AD, and a pop, you know, and uh, Amir, you know, just trying to get assists to open, open things up for him. Does it mean, you know, I mean, I've played against these guys before, but is it still a special game to go up against your uh, Always. I mean, I mean, cuz talk about it all the time, man. Uh, just playing against each other, you know, we always compete, you know, and uh, just playing against the Kings, you know, you know, um, always a good game, you know. So uh, we definitely going to go out there. I look forward to get this win, you know, at home, try to take care of home court event. All right, so Jim, 8-5 and five, Sacramento Kings, Pelicans 7-5. and five. Can I tell you a stat that the last time these two teams met with both teams were at least two games over 500 was 11 years ago in 2003? Wow. Wow. I guess I guess um, with with as, as bad of the last bunch of years that Sacramento's had, I, I guess I'm not too shocked when you really think about it, but well, that is – that, that's a long time. Yep, so uh, Kings 8-5 and five tonight against 7-5 and five Pelicans. Keys for uh, the Pelicans to take home a win tonight against Sacramento, Jim. Well, I think they did a really good job on um, Rudy Gay last week. He kind of struggled. Monty mentioned that um, I, I think Monty partly didn't want to – he said he didn't really want to give Rudy Gay any extra motivation, but he said that Rudy Gay just simply kind of struggled to make shots. But, um, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they do because now – Obviously, you have a completely different matchup now with Darius Miller in the starting lineup, so that's not going to be an easy task for him or the Pelicans. But um, they definitely they did a really good job on Sacramento in the second half defensively last week, made them take a lot of tough shots and really never let the Kings get into any rhythm. And that, that along with the way Ryan Anderson played, definitely changed uh, that whole game around. So... Hopefully they'll be able to do something similar to that and get a get what what would be a really nice uh, home victory. All right, Jim. So uh, what's good, what can we look out for on Pelicans.com today on a game day? Well, I'll uh, be posting my shoot around update pretty soon with some more details on um, Darius Miller going in the starting lineup as well as uh, the situation with Eric Gordon. Um, pre-game, we always have. Uh, you can watch Monty Williams's. Uh, uh, pre-game media availability on the site and we'll have more pre-game news and then obviously after the game we'll have a lot more coverage and I'll be tweeting during the game like I do every single game the entire season so uh, looking forward to it. All right can't wait Pelicans and Kings tonight at the Smoothie King Center seven o'clock tickets are still available 504-525-HOOP or of course visit pelicans.com that's pelicans.com writer Jim Eichenhofer and when we come back Sean will wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. all across Louisiana with cash jackpot starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. 
It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Well, it's time for me to get ready for tonight's broadcast of Pelicans basketball on the Pelicans radio network. John DeShazer is with me on the broadcast tonight starting at 7 o'clock. For those of you listening in the New Orleans metropolitan area, keep in mind that tonight's ball game is on AM 1350. That's 3 WL AM. You have other alternatives. If you cannot pick up 1350 AM, you can try 100.3 FM, which some of the metro area is covered by. And then a very reliable source is the Pelicans app. If you live within 75 miles of our studio here at the Smoothie King Center, you can get the feed on your mobile device through the Pelicans app. And I think a lot of people are finding that to be a pretty handy way to catch the Pelicans game on the radio when they're unable to get in front of the television. Television coverage tonight is done by Fox Sports New Orleans. They'll be on the air with their pregame at 6.30, tip-off again at 7 here at the Smoothie King Center. There are a limited amount of tickets available for tonight's game. Uh, there's a good crowd coming to see the Pelicans and the Kings tonight. And we will, as uh, the guys mentioned, see the reigning Western Conference Player of the Week, DeMarcus Cousins, go head-to-head again with Anthony Davis, who in my opinion should have been the Western Conference Player of the Week. It'll be a lot of fun and our only chance to see the Pelicans here at home before uh, the middle of next week due to a road trip coming up this weekend. The Saints are idle today, uh, as John DeShazer mentioned, and then back to work full go tomorrow. It's a short week as they prepare to travel to Pittsburgh on Saturday to play the Steelers on Sunday. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you uh, on the radio tonight or in person at the Smoothie King Center. Otherwise, we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Good show scheduled on Wednesday for the Black and Blue Report. For Daniel Sowers and Jim Eichenhofer, John DeShazer, I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.